Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Once again, we're so grateful, so thankful that you're connecting with us. Today, we're going to jump into the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, and chapter 34. I'm actually going to start a new uh, series uh, on the midweeks here. I'm going to talk it, God is. It's going to be called God is. Amen. And today we're going to talk about the fact that God is good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, obviously, this is a subject that we talk about pretty frequently around here. Amen. Because we believe it with all our heart that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Praise God. Psalms 34 in verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, this here word to taste and see is talking about to perceive and to experience it because we're called to experience it. We're called to not only perceive it, not only see it and recognize it, but to experience it. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to touch on that uh, two today before we're done, talking about experiencing the goodness of God. Amen. So here it is. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Praise God. So what is this? How is this word good defined? Good is defined as good in the widest sense. Okay, so that's kind of a general type definition, but it means bountiful, gracious. It means ready to do ready to, to give favor or to prosper one, all right? So ready to do, to favor, or to prosper someone, all right? But it's talking about the doing of something, amen, to benefit somebody, amen, to take somebody higher, to add to their life, whatever, this is what it's referring to, all right? Psalms 136 and verse 1, let's just read a few verses here. It just says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endures forever. Praise God. Again, in Psalms 145 and verse 9, it just says that the Lord is good to all. I love that. Amen. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Praise God. One of the things that you'll find in the Word of God, especially with some of the things we're going to be talking about through this series is you're going to find really the, the message, the we could say maybe the spirit of the message through the Word of God about God. Amen. When we're talking about God is good, we're talking about who God is, we're talking about His character, His nature, we could say His personality, His manner, amen, His ways, who He is, all right? That's what we're dealing with and talking about through this series. And what we're talking about, or as we're talking about this, you're going to find that it's kind of threaded throughout the Word of God. Everything that we're going to talk about through the series is threaded through the Word of God, you know, giving us an idea who God really is, giving us an idea of His character, hallelujah, an idea, praise God, of His personality and, and His ways, praise God. Go, let's go to the New Covenant for a minute or two. Let's go to Romans, amen. Romans chapter 10, please. Hope you have an ear to hear, child of God. Romans 10. Now, obviously, as I said earlier, this is one of them subjects that um, we have uh, definitely talked about on and off. We touch on it quite frequently here. Amen. And really, the, the reason you're going to see why, why we do that here before this is over with. Amen. When you start getting an idea of who God is, everything that He's done 
is coming out of his character, all right, coming out of his goodness, all right, and everything else we're going to talk about. But the bottom line is today we're dealing with good, or God is good, or his goodness, we could say. Amen. Romans 10, uh, I think for sake of time, we're just going to read like verses 14 and 15, and it just says this, praise God, uh, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Okay, so he's asking the questions here. And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, if they have a preacher, okay, then they're going to hear some things, and that gives them then something to believe. Verse 15, and how shall they preach, how shall they preach unless they are sent? Okay, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So what you're seeing now, the message behind the personality or the character of God is, amen, threaded in the message, the uh, preaching of the gospel, the good news, amen, who bring glad tidings, talks about, it means good news of good things or things that are beneficial. In other words, everything you see through this word, this gospel message, is about the goodness of God, what God has done. Amen. How good God is. The message of everything that you have is because of the goodness of God. What Christ has done for you is because of the goodness of God. All the benefits of God, all the promises of God, amen, that are for you are because of the goodness of God or because the fact that God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans uh, since we're in Rome, let's do this. Romans chapter 2. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In verse 4, and it says this, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and cost? Of course, we're kind of coming in a subject here, or in the middle of a topic. Uh, he says, uh, his forbearance, his long-suffering, not knowing, here we go, that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God is what leads someone to repentance. And that just means a reversal, a change, making another decision, a turnaround, however you want to word that. So anytime we're talking about repentance, that's just talking about somebody realizes and recognizes they're going the wrong direction. So they stop, they acknowledge it, they turn, and they head another direction. Well, one of the biggest things that helps with that to get an individual to get on the right road is the goodness of God. That's what he's talking about. So let's define that particular word, okay? Of course, again, the goodness is kind of just like the word good. It just means good in the widest sense. That's its first definition. It means virtue, benefit, uh, benef uh, benefits, or in other words, the, the practice of doing good, okay? Uh, anyway, so the bottom line is, again, it's the doing of something, amen, to benefit another the doing of something to benefit you or me, amen. The lexicon, I thought I'd look that up in the lexicon, maybe see if we get something a little bit more in depth here. It just means uprightness of heart and life, but it refers to generous or being generous, benevolent, suited to the course of, suited to the course of human affairs, salutary, which means the, the promoting of wholeness uh, to contribute to some beneficial purpose. That's what that word salutary means, okay? So it's talking about doing what it takes to bring wholeness, okay, to bring a, a beneficial purpose to another, all right? It means divine ability 
to see a need uh, with a heart moved to meet that need, okay, to contribute wholeness. So anytime the goodness of God's on the scene, it's there to bring wholeness. It's there to benefit another, all right? So everything about God's goodness is about benefiting you and me, amen. It's about benefiting all, uh, all on the planet. As that verse, what was the verse we read out of Psalms? It said, uh, Psalms 145, the Lord is good to all, amen, to all, amen. God is always looking, amen, for the, uh, to benefit all. I love that, amen. All right, praise God. So let's see here. So let me give you just a couple references um, you can maybe write these down. I don't know if we have time to go to them all, but Jeremiah 31 is a good one there in prophesying, talking about, uh, in fact, I'll tell you what, let's go. I think it would be good to go there. So Jeremiah 31, let's do that. It'd probably be a good thing. We, I think we got time to do this. Jeremiah 31, and I'm going to go to like verse 12. And again, talking about a time ahead, talking about the remnant of Israel, Okay, and talking about the people of God, it says, Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. So the word Zion there is, an, uh, is really a type and a shadow of the church. Okay, and it says, Streaming to the goodness of the Lord. And so basically kind of saying the same thing about, right, the goodness of God is what leads one to repentance. Okay, so it's talking about it's the goodness of God in the house of God that people are streaming to. Okay. And let's see, it says, and for wheat and new wine and oil, uh, for the young of the flock and the herd, their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. They uh, shall, pardon me, then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together. For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people, here we go, shall be satisfied, in other words, filled to the full with my goodness, says the Lord. All right, my goodness. I thought that was just excellent, praise God. Also, since we're in the Old Covenant, let's look at Exodus chapter 33, please. Exodus 33. And in context, this is uh, no, me, this is uh, Moses talking to God. Okay, he's up on the mount talking to God, and in verse, uh, well, I got verse 19 wrote down, and what it is is Moses has asked God, he's kind of tired of talking to a cloud. Okay, God's talking to him, you know, about what's ahead and everything, the, the uh, Ten Commandments, all this is there that's going on, and he says here, show me your glory. This is, what, this is what Moses said, show me your glory. Now, probably in all honesty, you know, it's probably pretty intense, everything that's going on, and here he is talking to a cloud, he's hearing God's voice, well, he kind of wants to see more than this cloud he's looking at, okay? So show me your glory. Well, what God said in verse 19, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I'll be compassionate to whom I shall be compassionate. And so the point is this. He's saying this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by you here. Uh, and he put him kind of back in the cleft of the rock, put his hand over his face, and walked by him, and as he walked by God allowed him to kind of, in a sense, see his backside, okay? And really, that was about all he could handle, I think, is what the deal was. So what he was saying is this, you're going to see my goodness. What you're going to see is my goodness, all right? And he says, and then out of that goodness comes, you know, compassion, 
comes graciousness, comes all this, amen, is coming out of my goodness, amen. So I just thought it was interesting to bring that out, that God could have showed him all kinds of things. I mean, obviously his glory, his, his, his power, everything was in manifestation during all this. But he says, I'm going to show you my goodness, all right, my goodness, praise God, amen. All right, praise God. Let's go back to the new covenant, to the book of Acts this time, all right. Book of Acts, and this time I'm going to go to chapter 10 of Acts, and I want to just briefly talk about, talk about Jesus, okay, and in verse, chapter 10, verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, there's that same thing, doing good, in other words, walking in goodness, doing good, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him, all right? So we see Jesus now, you know, everything about his nature, his character, is about doing good, all right? So no matter what the enemy's been doing, obviously Jesus makes it real clear in the scriptures about the fact that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Here it says he's the one that oppresses. He's the one that brings sickness and disease, obviously. So Jesus said, I've come to, to bring abundant life. I've come to bring healing. I've come to restore. I've come to heal. Amen. So he makes it real clear. But it says he's here doing good, it says. I love that. Doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Now, the point I'm, I'm bringing this up about Jesus' ministry, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, he makes it real clear. You know, they're wanting to see the Father. He says, listen, just all you have to do is just look at me. What, what's, the, what's the nature? What's the character? What's the manner of my life? And if you will look at that, what you're going to see is the character, okay, of our Father. All right? And Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means he never changes. And we know the Scripture says that uh, for uh, the Lord says, I'm the Lord, I change not. Okay, so the point is this. Okay, God is always good. Now, a lot of times in the church, you know, we talk about, you know, God's good, and the rest of the congregation might say all the time, and we might say all the time, God is good, you know, depending on the kind of church you belong to, amen, but that's probably some, you know, some common statements that get made. Now, the reason we say God's good all the time is because it's just, he's just that, he's good all the time, amen, and a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, that isn't always how God gets viewed by some people, uh, but I'm telling you, God is always good, all right? He doesn't waver, amen? He's not mean one day and an old ogre one day, and then he's good the next day, and then who knows what he's going to be the next day. No, God is good all the time, and amen. And Jesus was trying to bring that out, praise God. God is good all the time. Let's go to the book of James, amen. Just got some different things to bring out today. But we're talking about God is good, amen. Hallelujah. James. Praise God. Chapter 1, verse 17, and it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift, everything that's good, every perfect or complete or entire, that means, all right, every perfect gift, amen, is from above, all right? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It makes it clear, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. So we know there's no mistake who it's coming from, all right? And it says, with whom there is no variation. 
okay, or shadow turning. In other words, as I said earlier, he's not, you know, mean one day and good the next day, all right? Now, the thing that we have to be clear on, and to me this is just good doctrine, God is good all the time, the devil's bad all the time. And so when you're experiencing things that aren't good, you're pretty much going to know where its, where its source is. When you're experiencing good things, you pretty much are going to know who it's, who's the source of it, all right? And that's why, that's why it's important to know this, all right? To me, this is why I'm starting this series with the fact that God is good, amen. Now, again, as I said earlier, this is something that we touch on off and on. You know, a lot of times we're, we discuss it or bring it up in most sermons, how good God is, amen. But the point we want to do today is just kind of bring out Amen. The understanding of the fact of where we get this, amen, this, uh, this, in a sense, this teaching or this doctrine of the fact that God is good. Amen. Understand the character of God. God is good all the time, praise God. And you have to, you have to settle that. You have to establish that. What happens is a lot of times is because stuff goes on, we have a tendency to look up to God thinking maybe God's, you know, is, is the author of some kind of mess or the author of some kind of uh, confusing thing or the author of some kind of issue or problem or circumstance. And you have to stop and say, wait a minute, we have an enemy. God's good all the time. Now, the devil is out there trying to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the devil oppressing. It's the devil bringing sickness and disease. It's the devil who's the author of confusion. It's the devil that's the author of ruin, destruction, chaos, okay? You have to understand that's who's the author of those kind of things. So right off the bat, if you understand that about God, you're going to get a whole lot further with this word. You're going to get a whole lot further down the road concerning your Christian walk. You're going to get a whole lot further down the road concerning, amen, your understanding of who God really is. God is good. And if you begin to base everything else off of that, amen, it makes, it makes life a little easier. It makes understanding the scriptures a lot easier, praise God. Instead of warring with this thing about maybe this negative thing going on in my life, is God trying to teach me something or somehow trying to slap me down or some kind of thing? And the reason this is so important is because it's hard to use your faith to get a victory in something when you think it's God creating it or God doing it. Amen. If you're trying to get a victory in the area of health and wholeness, okay, or getting a need met or something or something changed in your household, your family, your marriage, whatever, amen, and you think somehow God's behind it, now it, you, tell me that you're going to actually go to God now in faith, believing for a breakthrough or a miracle. It won't happen because you're in the back of your mind still warring with the fact you think God did that to you. But see, you've got to understand right off the bat, God is good all the time. When there's those kind of things warring in your life, warring against you, your household, all right, you have to understand there's an enemy, all right? Now, of course, we just got off a series of talking about, you know, the importance of building, you know, a foundation of resistance, amen, because we, ha we have an enemy to, to resist, praise God. Now, of course, uh, you know, I'm going to touch on that, amen, today like that because, you know, bottom line is, if, if somehow you're warring with the fact that, that somehow evil or bad is somehow the, God's somehow the author of that, okay, you're going to have struggles, okay? There's, you're, you're just not going to get as many victories as you need, amen, and that's just a fact. Now, let's, let's look at some things here, all right? In fact, if God's good all the time and every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, amen, then we're going to have to settle that, all right? Now, one of the problems, and 
I think I'm just going to throw it in here. Isaiah 5 brings out uh, not to, you know, tells us and warns us not to confuse good with evil and evil with good. Now, if you kind of look out there in society as a whole, you know, it's kind of nuts out there. And I don't need to tell you that. You pretty much get it. Um, And that's one of the problems that we have out there is, you know, a lot of good is now being looked at as evil. And what's evil now is being looked at as somehow like it's good. Okay. Well, out in the world, that's what they're going to do. But Isaiah warns us, or actually the Father warns us in Isaiah, about the importance of not mixing that up, getting it settled, where you know God is good, the devil is bad. Oh, hallelujah. One of the um, things I want to bring out here in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, please. Matthew and 12. And what we have here... um, Jesus, well, in fact, we just read it. So Matthew 12, verse 22, it says, Then one was brought to Jesus, okay, brought to him, who was demon-possessed. Okay, it makes it clear, all right. Blind and mute, okay, so he can't see, he can't talk, all right. And Jesus healed him, right, so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw again, okay. But he makes it clear it was, it was a, demonic, a demonic attack against this individual. And it said, then all the multitude, I love this, all the multitude were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, obviously, even the multitude, no matter where they were at in their walk with their God, okay, they all at least looked at that and thought, you know what, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And that's why they were all saying, you know, could this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? See? But it said, when the Pharisees heard that, Okay, they said this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Now, of course, we know that's a lie. Okay, now they were pretty much saying that based on jealousy and that kind of stuff. Jesus is getting all this, you know, in a sense, this good, you know, being acknowledged for something good that he's done. And they are pretty much down with him. So now they're trying to say somehow or another, well, the reason he did this is because, uh, you know, the devil uh, gave him power to do it or something, which is a joke. And, of course, Jesus went on to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, a kingdom divided against itself, whether it's the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. Neither one of those kingdoms that war, any kingdom that wars against, any kingdom that's divided is warring against itself. There you go. Amen. And that's what he brought out, all right, in the midst of it. Now, the point of reason bringing that up is because that becomes pretty silly. Now, we might look at that and say, well, that's goofy. Why would anybody say that? Well, I agree with that. That is goofy, okay? Why anybody would even think that, all right? I mean, it's obvious the, the, the multitudes, it's obvious the people around look at that as something good. This man got delivered. This man is no longer blind, no longer mute. This man is no longer uh, devil-possessed, amen? Now, all of a sudden, the boy's free, praise God, can see, can talk, can hear everything. Amen, it's functioning like it's supposed to. Everybody looks in on that and goes, you know what? That's a good thing absolutely, that's a good thing, praise God, amen. Well, they recognize that, but, you know, look how somebody will take that and try to spin it, all right? Now, it happens. Now, as far as I'm concerned, in the house of God, amen, we ought to recognize God is good all the time. Now, even if the world out there can't see it, even if something out there is trying to, you know, doctrinally trying to mess, mess you over, I just want you to know, settle it in your own heart, praise God, that God is good all the time, praise God. Amen. Now let's talk back. Let's go back to Psalms 34. Oh, I hope you're hearing this. Psalms 34. And I kind of want to talk about um, 
well, the best way to say it, maybe just some keys uh, to experiencing more of God's goodness. All right, and let's start back with the, the, the verse that we started with and just start bringing out a few little keys out of this. And in verse 8 of Psalms 34 again, whoops, let me get to it here. There we are. Psalms 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. All right, praise the Lord. So the, you want you to experience it and perceive this, right? Blessed is the man who then trusts in him, okay? So here's a key. If you want to experience more of the goodness of God, you're going to have to start trusting in him. All right, start putting some confidence in him. Amen. Now, as I've been bringing out, amen, that's, that's a huge key because a lot of times when there's a lot of stuff going on, and especially when you, maybe you're, 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 you're warring against something, you got something that's been affecting your household or affecting you physically or mentally or financially or whatever, sometimes those things can weigh on you. Sometimes those things can beat you down. All right, but you have to stand your ground. And the best thing to do is to stay in a place of confidence and trust in God. Amen? This word trust, all right, means to make him your surety, your security, your refuge, your protection. It means to confide in or to rely on. Okay, a lot of these are kind of like synonyms also to the new covenant word faith, all right, to trust, to have faith in, rely, depend upon. Amen. Now, the bottom line, the reason that's so important is because a lot of times it's the, it's the onslaught of something negative or the onslaught of something demonic, okay, or something that's just not of God, however you want to define that, all right, that comes against you. And what happens is it wants to wear you down to the point that you give up. And sometimes then that's when we get kind of these, these maybe silly ideas that maybe God's doing this to me to teach me a lesson or something, okay? No, don't go there. Amen. Put your trust in God. Stay locked on to God. God's not the author of some ruin, destruction, lack, poverty, sickness, disease. He's not the author of any of that mess. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of chaos. He's not the author of strife and contention. He's not the author of dissension and discord. He's not the author of these kind of things. All right, so put your faith in God to get delivered from them kind of things. Don't allow the enemy, through the pressure of things, begin to get you to cower and quit. If you want to experience the goodness of God, stay locked on to the fact that God is good and good all the time, praise God. Amen. Put your trust in that, praise the Lord. The scripture in Nahum, uh, chapter 1 and verse 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows who trusts Him. Amen. So in other words, keep your trust in God is what it's saying. The same thing. Amen. Let God be the place, your place of refuge, your stronghold. Amen. In the midst of whatever trial or whatever circumstance or whatever trouble you're up against. Amen. Refuse to cower. Refuse to back up. Refuse to quit. Praise God. Stay in a place of trust and confidence and faith in God. Amen. And I guarantee you, you will get a breakthrough. Praise God. Do not back up. Do not look back, pull back, draw back. Amen. Stay in this thing. Praise God. Continue in an area of trust in God, and God will show himself strong. Many times I've heard in the body of Christ, people talk about where are the signs and wonders? Where are the miracles? Amen. Well, you've heard those kind of words said even in, you know, in, in, in the old covenant or biblical times. It ain't just the old covenant, but we heard it. Other people make those kind of comments. Amen. 
Well, you hear it all the time. People say, well, I wish there was more signs and wonders, more parting of the sea, more of this, more of that. Amen. Well, I agree with that. Well, how does that happen? Well, people have to stay in trust. They have to stay in a, conf- a place of confidence and trust in their God. They have to stay in a place of faith in God. Don't waver. Don't quit. Amen. The word is plain. Amen. That if you believe it, you'll receive it. If you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. Amen. So don't allow yourself to come into a place of unbelief. Don't allow yourself to come into a place of doubt. Amen. Don't let yourself go there, praise God. Stay in a place of believing God, trusting in God. And if you will do that, I guarantee you, you'll get a breakthrough. You'll get your miracle, praise God. Amen. That's a fact. Why do we not see as many of them? Most people quit before they get their breakthrough. Now, you know, I don't know how it's going to go. One day we're all going to stand before the master. One day, you know, we're all going to, you know, actually make heaven your home. Okay. All right. The point is, is I, you know, somewhere along the line, we're going to recognize the fact that if we would have just stayed with it, okay, no matter what we were dealing with, we would have just stayed with it and not wavered, not, you know, not let ourselves get overcome by things. Amen. That we probably would have got our breakthrough or miracle. Amen. Now, I'm not here to condemn anybody because maybe we haven't seen something that we wanted to see. Amen. We're not here to condemn. But we are here to say this. Amen. Stay in a place of trust. Don't let yourself waver. Amen. When you everything in you wants to somehow blame God or somehow get mad at God or somehow think God's you know, behind this mess, amen, stand firm and say, you know what, I refuse to go there. I refuse to think that way. I refuse to let my mind go down that road. Amen. My God is good, and he's good all the time. Praise God. Devil's bad, so in Jesus' name, I stand right now in a place of victory. Praise God, because God, my God, hallelujah, in whom I trust, amen, is good all the time. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Preaching myself happy here. All right. Psalms. We're in Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 86. Praise the Lord. Psalms 86, and we're going to look at verse, let's see, verse 5, and it just says this, all right, for you, Lord, are good, saying it again, and ready to forgive, praise the Lord, that's that's the nature of God, and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon him, all right? So we have another key here. Okay, what's the next key? First one is trusting or having confidence in God. The next one's going to be calling on God, okay? Are you actually calling on God, all right? If you want to experience more of the goodness of God, amen, you want to see all of God's goodness manifested on your behalf, are you taking the time to call on God, all right? What does that mean? Well, let's look at it. It means to call out, to call upon, to pray, all right, to invoke uh, one in faith, okay, to be in faith, to, to pray or to invoke in faith, it means a confident request, okay? So in other words, are you praying? Are you asking? All right? The Scripture says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? The Scripture says if you ask, amen, you receive. The Word says this, you know, uh, you know uh, talking about, you know, uh, the Father, I think it's like around uh, Matthew uh, uh, 11, or no, Matthew, uh, I, don't see, I don't know if I wrote down, Matthew 7, I think it is. And he talks about, you know, if you as a good father know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more would your Heavenly Father give you good gifts? But listen, it says, to those who ask. Okay, are we asking? I mean, sometimes we, we, we assume because we, we want God to do something that we're actually asking. Now, it's just key, okay? James brings out, you have not because you ask not, okay? Now, 
If you want the goodness of God to manifest, are you asking? Are you putting it before God? Saying, Lord, you're good, and you're good all the time. And I'm drawn from you right now. I thank you for your goodness manifesting on behalf of my family, on behalf of my household, on behalf of my physical body, on behalf of, of the need that I have right now. I thank you, Lord. You are manifesting yourself and proving yourself and showing yourself strong on behalf uh, of me as one of your children. Amen. Are you asking? It's just something that, you know, something to bring out. Sometimes we're not even asking. We're just assuming. So not only put faith in God and trust in God, but we got to be ones that call on God. Amen. Lamentation says this in chapter 3 and verse 25, that the Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. Well, the reason I, I bring that out is because to wait upon, it means to wait patiently upon. In other words, but it also means to wait expecting. So we're talking about calling out to God. you got to also be expecting to hear something. All right. And it says also those who seek him. In this particular word, it bring, means to seek out uh, diligently, to pursue, uh, to inquire in order to hearken or to follow. In other words, you're, and again, it's just the same thing. You got an ear bent. Amen. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Amen. And I'm patiently ready to receive. Amen. I'm, I know that what I, wherever I ask, praise God, I think it's a... Uh, 1 John 5 and 14, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Good promise. Amen. Hallelujah. But the point is this, okay? You got to ask, but expect to get an answer. Expect to get your breakthrough. Expect, amen, for this thing to shift and turn. Praise God. Amen. Just another thing, another key if you're going to get the goodness of God to manifest in your life on a more consistent basis, amen, not only trust in God, but be willing to call out to God, amen. Stand on your promises, child of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Psalms 119. Let's look at that one. Psalms 119. Hallelujah. We're winding her down here, child of God. Psalms 119. And verse 68. Hallelujah. It says, for uh, you are good and do good. Then it says, teach me your statutes. Okay, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes, your principles, or your ways is what it brings out. So the principles, statutes, or the ways of God. All right. So what he's talking about here, okay, is sometimes, you know, it's the principles. You've got to enact principles. All right. So he says he will teach you principles okay, to cause things to work, all right? There are things that God puts in his word, amen, that if you do this, this does, this happens. If you do this, this happens. In other words, this is how you enact, this is how you get the goodness of God to manifest in this area is by an action, okay? So it's what he's talking about. In other words, he's going to teach me his statutes, his principles, his ways, so praise God. So Lord, show me, amen, a principle. As you get in this word, as you meditate on this word, God begins to show you some things. All right. For instance, let's look at this. Psalm, back to Psalms 34, to where this whole thing started again. Back to Psalms 34. But I'm going to kind of back up here and just take a look at some things here, okay? Hallelujah. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Okay? So we've seen some reverence, some respect, or big keys here. 
The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. There's that word seeking again, all right? Hallelujah. To align yourself, to seek, right? To go after, right? Shall not lack any good thing. Praise the Lord. Verse 11, it says this, come, you children, listen to me. So there it is now, listening, giving heed to what he has to say, what he has to teach here. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? There it is again. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now you say, well, what are you reading? Well, there's all kinds of little keys in there, okay? But the bottom line is talking about his statute, his ways, his principles, okay? Okay, it talks about how to get this to work, all right? A few things down here. If you get like even a little bit further down, it talks about your words, your tongue, okay? Well, it's hard to get the goodness of God to manifest when you're speaking something contrary to that. So you're going to have to, you know, speak words of life. Speak, amen, words that allow the goodness of God to manifest. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it are going to eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if you're going to talk doom and gloom and despair and trouble and problems, guess what? That's what you experience. But if you start talking about God's good, God brings healing, wholeness, deliverance, salvation, uh, uh, provision, protection. We can go on and on and on. If you begin to talk those things, what you're doing is giving place for God to move. See, what that is, see, is a principle of God that you begin to enact, amen, you begin to initiate, maybe is a better word, amen, and when you do that, you, will, you it's another key to seeing more of the goodness of God. You go a little bit further down, he talks about doing good, you know, depart from evil, but do good, seek peace and pursue it, but it's the doing good. You know, we can go to many verses, amen, and this is probably where I'll kind of wind her down here, but we can go to many verses, okay, that talk about sowing a do-good seed. Even Paul talked about that. I mean, just being a, a one that does good, that walks in the goodness of God, that you help benefit another. Just sowing that kind of uh, seed in your life, you know, or in, in the ground, so to speak, sowing that from your life into, the, into good ground produces a harvest. Well, what kind of harvest? Well, you sowing a do-good seed can produce something being done good unto you. Sometimes the reason that uh, we don't see good like we want, maybe we're not sowing that. It's just something to keep in mind. Amen. So these are just some keys, amen, to help initiate more of the goodness of God in our lives. Amen. To see more of God's goodness manifest in our life. God is good. And God is good all the time. Praise God. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have one statement I want to make. And years ago... A gentleman made this statement, and it just kind of stuck with me. He said that we are only limited by our freedom to doubt God's word. We're only limited by our own freedom. Now, get this. We're limited by our freedom to doubt God's word. In other words, it's your choice whether you're going to believe this or not believe this. And if you choose not to believe it, then you're limited based on your own choice, based on your own decision to not believe that. Now, I'm telling you, child of God, God is good, and he's good all the time. And every part of you ought to jump on that and say, I'm going to receive that, and I'm going to accept that. And so that any time, any kind of negative uh, 
thing that comes into your life, praise God, you could say that God's not the author of that. God's not the author of that. I refuse to go there. I refuse to meditate on that. I refuse to allow that. Amen. I stand on the fact that God is good and good all the time. Hallelujah. And you begin to put your confidence in that, your trust in that. You begin, praise God, uh, to call on God to, to bring deliverance and whatever it is you're facing, praise God. And you begin to do your part to sow the right kind of seed. Hallelujah. You do your part to speak words of life that allows God room to move, praise God, doing everything you can to create an atmosphere that's conducive for the goodness of God to manifest, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Child of God, I started this series with this because I believe that everything else that we're going to talk about through this series comes out of the fact that God is good and good all the time. Praise God. Hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for the people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, thank you, Lord, that you opened the eyes of our understanding. Praise God that we'd begin to see things as we should see them. Praise God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.